I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and sex shop owner. And I'm April, VP of an international high-end pleasure products company and boss queen sex toy mogul. We're best friends who make our own rules about who we are as sexual beings. With everything from how to be a badass in the bedroom to top tips for bringing your relationship to the next level, we have something just for you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Shameless Sex Podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to our show. This is a fun one on seduction and foreplay. Who doesn't want more of that? Or if you don't, maybe once you listen, you will. I don't know. Um, This was recorded a couple of weeks ago. And uh, actually, Marla, who is one of the co-authors of uh, this book that we will read in the bio and tell you more about, um, wrote the book with Dr. Jess, who has been a guest on our show, maybe what, like a couple weeks ago, April, probably? It really is all blending together at this point. I, I don't even know why there's days of the week anymore. And the Gregorian calendar means nothing to me now. I'm a nihilist. It means nothing. <laughs> it's also confusing. I don't know what time of day is, but it's always a time to drink wine, I think, as we are now, um, as usual, at Shameless Sex Headquarters. I just, yesterday, I was... Uh, just chilling at my house. I just thought of you, Amy, because I decided to randomly call someone that I hadn't talked to in a long time because he messaged me about listening to the podcast and that it really made him happy. And he was, uh, he was, or is the best friend of one of my ex-boyfriends. Oh, cool. Um, And so anyway, I talked to him, but it was so wonderful because he said nothing but amazing things about our show and was like, oh, because he is a musician and he's not able to travel right now. So he obviously is being as creative as possible, but he's trying to improve his sex life and he is uh, newly single. And it just made me so happy that someone so close to my heart that I've known for almost 20 years uh, finds joy and information that's use that's useful from our show. And so I wanted to share that with you because Aww. it melted my heart. And it also brings me to wanting to share with everyone out there listening I highly recommend, and uh, and I got a lot out of just reaching out to someone that I hadn't talked to in a long time, just because I'm on co- you know the COVID lockdown, and I have been reconnecting with people that perhaps I was unable to connect with because of travel schedules and life and children and all of these things. So pick up the phone, call that friend that you are thinking about, or that relative, or that long lost crush, or whatever it is, and. I don't know. It feels, it feels good. It feels really good. I, I like that you did that. And yeah, I think now's a, a wonderful time to reach out more and have those, those conversations with some folks that maybe, maybe could use a little, a little love as well, or just like, why not? Life is short. Do your check-ins. I have Life some friends that just mended a friendship that um, oh. had kind of a falling out, I think like a year ago. And they, they used this opportunity to be like, let's, let's heal that shit. It's not worth it. Life is too short. Life is precious. So I'm really happy to see that. Well, I, uh, I'm, I'm super happy that we have the gift of this podcast and I just want to let you all know out, out there that are listening in, in the land of wherever, however you're hearing this podcast, whether it's in your car, your house, or your headphones, I thank you and I love you. And I know Amy does too. So we're going to keep hitting you with amazing content. So stay tuned. And should I read the testimonial, Amy? Yeah, do it. I will. This is from not an anonymous listener, but a listener named Greta. Greta says, I cannot begin to express my gratitude for what you do. I started listening to your podcast about seven months ago when I got out of a long-term relationship with a wonderful man. While it seemed like he should have been the one, early on in the relationship, shame and judgment were placed on my sexual history and interests that eventually stifled my sexual drive. Since our separation, I've begun a sexual awakening focused on refining my confidence in and out of the bedroom and dealing with my own sexual and emotional pain. 
I've learned so much about communicating my desires and developing skills to have genuine and transparent interactions with anyone, regardless if it has a sexual or non-sexual relationship. You and your guests bring so much acceptance, love, and knowledge into every conversation that I find I am constantly recommending the podcast whenever someone is struggling with communication, motivation, esteem, you name it. I have never felt this empowered about myself as a woman. Thank you for what you do. I hope you are holding up well in your quarantine. These can be challenging times, but together we will all make it through. Yes, Mike. Love it. Thank you. Thank you, Greta. Is amazing. I did also just send out communication to uh, my customers and with similar content to this, saying that, hey, this is the time to support each other. And with this, it won't define us or make us, we could all transcend from this experience. Mm -hmm. And we could all be on the other side of it better, stronger, more powerful in tune humans. So yeah. I don't know why soapbox right now. I just got it. Maybe it's the wine. It's Sometimes the, wine. the soapbox is getting you get inspired to get on a soapbox or two, but I love that. We love you, Greta. Thank you for sharing. Uh, we love vulnerable shares like this. this. This is why we do what we do. We do it really just because it feels fucking amazing. Um, so thank you for sharing your, your, uh, your shares are what keeps us kind of fuel to our fire. Um, and also just before I go into a sex question, if you all aren't doing it, you should probably be following us on Instagram live because we're giving away some free sex toys on there. We just gave away last Friday on Instagram live. This is shameless sex podcast, Instagram. We gave away a hundred free vibrators from hot octopus. So generous of them. They're trying to, uh, we're finding these wonderful people. All, most of them are our sponsors. And Amy, we gave away a hundred on our show that launched yep. on Tuesday too. Uh-huh. And so were, 200 and shameless sex listeners received free vibrators. 200 free vibrators. We're trying to help you all out in your quarantine because pleasure is medicine. And these wonderful people are donating these toys. We're getting, we're collaborating with them. And then next week there'll be some products from OMG. Yes. And some other things. We're going to try to get as many free things as we can from these companies um, to give a way to you to support you and give you more pleasure during these challenging times. So that's our mission. We'll see what we can do. Uh, and you know, if you don't win and you need more pleasure in your life, you always get 15% off with coupon code shameless sex at purepleasureshop.com. That's a sex shop that I own online with my dear mother. So when you buy sex you're supporting my mom, um, and, and me as well, but mostly just my mom, cause I got this other gig going on. So pleasure to the people and, um, yeah, let's go and yeah, mom needs choice. money too. Yeah. She needs to eat. This is her livelihood. Yeah, I love you, mom. You're the yeah. best. I thought about my mom. We, we earlier today recorded a podcast with a woman who does mommy porn, and she was like, "I'm your what'd she say? I'm like your big breasted gothic mother you've always wanted, or something like that." I was like, "Yeah, just yeah." I was just like, "Oh, I've always wanted one of those," and I was like, "My mom's gonna hear this. That's great. It's cute." She's Anyways. gonna be like, "I'm not gothic, but I'm an boobs. amazing mother." My mom she does. Yeah, she's yeah. got nice boobs. Yeah, your mom is is kind of like Benjamin Button. She gets like younger when yeah, she, she she looks good as she is aging. She gets younger looking. I'm like Janice. Oh, you're just you can see her name. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm like wait. Can I? She's been on the show. Yes, I can. <laughs> yeah, you can. If you, if they go to purepleasureshop.com. They can find her name on there. So she's yeah. shameless. But yeah. she just looks good. My mom looks good too. I feel your like mom does. Yeah. Lucky. We can't say her name though. <laughs> no. No. She's, she's a little more April's private. Mom. Yeah, April's mom. This is her social security number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If you want to hunt her down. All right, let's go into a sex question. From Anonymous, listening to your podcast has changed my sexual life forever. I am now more open about my sexuality than I've ever been. I'm 40 years old and I'm hornier than I've ever been. I'm experiencing experimenting more than I ever have. I'm a vulva owner in a heterosexual monogamous relationship. I want to try anything and talk about anything sexual. My partner, however, does not express his wants, needs, desires in our sexual relationship, and I want more. I talk about sexual encounters and desires with him, and he never reciprocates. I touch him every night in his genital area, yet I can't remember a time where he touched my genitals. I give so much sexually and get very little back. My historical pattern is to push those feelings down, but if I can continue to do this, I will snap. I want more touch from him. I want more initiation from him. I want him all over my naked body the way I am with him. How do I do this without putting him on the defense? Great question. Uh, I feel like maybe I was the anonymous uh, writer of this question. No, did, you, did you write this question? I don't know, but I, mean, I, have, I have similar desires. And oh. 
I, I, I obviously receive a little bit more reciprocation than this, than this writer uh, or this listener is expressing, but it's a good question. Great question, actually. I've actually brought it up in therapy as well. Yeah, you can resonate with it. And I think a lot of folks can of all genders. Um, you know, it's, it's really common when you take two people and put them together for them to be um, a, you know, a difference in desire. And that's that I, I don't like using the word normal, but that is, that is normal. We're taking two different sets of desires that are constantly changing as time goes on um, or based on what are we are experiencing in life. You know that that changes, and um, so that is something that you're you're not alone, listener, who wrote this. And um, and when I hear like I touch their genitals all the time, and they don't reciprocate, part of me is like fuck that shit. You know, part of me has like this little inner angry Amy that comes in because it feels really it brings to this feeling like that's that's kind of you know unfair. Or like I've heard a number of people like, well, you know, I give him blowjobs, but he never goes down on me, and I'm like that's. Unless you're, unless you're someone that's not important to you, like then that's like that's that's way out of balance. And so what this person's saying is, it's important to them. Um, they are really desiring a lot more touch, a lot more connection, more initiation. They're getting very little in return, um, and and they also just want to have more conversations about sexuality and just more of everything. I'm like reading in their voice that they're like they're frustrated. They're like, oh, I want this so bad, and um, and. Let's say, to speak to how awesome this listener is, they're such a giver. You know, they're so, and they have this high desire. Plenty of people, by the way, plenty of, you said you're dating man, you said him. Plenty of men would go crazy over you wanting to have sex all the time. So many humans. I'm not saying necessarily leave your partner, but just so you know, like that, that this is not something that you might will encounter in every single partner. This is, you know, just with your partner. And there's other people that might, you might encounter that. So what this comes to, you've heard in our podcast, conversations, and you're asking that, how do I have this conversation without putting them on the defense? First of all, if he's has a really hard time talking about sex in general, no matter what, it might be a challenging conversation for him. So to go in, maybe expecting it to just still be somewhat challenging for them. They sound like they're, they have their own issues around that shame or whatever that is, and it's, they're not well practiced in it. Maybe they don't think it's normal to talk about things um, around sexuality. Uh, but you're at a breaking point. So this needs to be discussed. Otherwise, you said you're going to snap. What happens when you snap? Do you leave? Do you go and hook up with someone else? You know, do you just just deal with it and kind of live this like fairly happy life? Um, so, so start by expressing what, and I, April and I talk about this often, start by expressing what's good first, you know, and, and actually let's take a step before that. Don't blindside them with them that well, all of a sudden let's have a heavy conversation. Ask them permission is now I, something I've been thinking about that's really important to me is now a good time. If they say yes, then initiate the conversation. If they say no, then okay, well, if now's not a good time, when will be? Can we check in tomorrow morning, tomorrow afternoon? And have these conversations when one, you're not in a hurry, two, everyone's in good spirits. Three, not in the bedroom. Do this, like, you know, go for a walk or sitting at the coffee table or somewhere it's not loaded, like you're not naked, you're not in the bed. Then share what's really good about the relationship. You know, I love you. I really care about you. Or in this quarantine, there's been some really good things about all the time we've been spending together. And follow but not the word but and and there's something that I've been thinking about that's actually really challenging for me and is bringing up some sadness and loneliness or whatever feelings you have with it are you sad are you angry are you fearful um the do some work April is a huge one. April um, you can share share what is the book that you like taking the war out of your words is that your the book you like yes yeah, the art of non-offensive communication yeah yeah or or look up a uh, non-violent communication and um and and the more you can speak in a way that's not blaming and pointing fingers, the less defensive someone probably will be. So if you say, do you take ownership? You know, here's, here are my feelings. I'm feeling really sad. You know, I'm, I, I'm noticing, I, I have this desire to give to you and I feel like I give to you a lot or it seems like I'm giving to you a lot and I don't, it doesn't seem like I'm receiving that in return. And maybe I haven't asked for that a lot, but here I am, I'm asking for that. This is really important to me. Um, and I, you know, here's my needs. My needs are, for you to on the occasion to initiate sex. My needs are to feel wanted and desired. My needs are uh, for us to have conversations about sex and our desires on the occasion. And also to receive touch, like with your hands and your mouth on my genitals. And um, are you willing to work with me on this? And 
they might still be like, ah, you know, and have their feelings about them and, and have a hard time with it. But you mean, you can't make them do anything, but all the most you can do. And the biggest step really is to just share vulnerably and lovingly. April, I'm sure you have some things to add. Yeah. Um, I think that was really great advice, Amy. And I'll just share actually what I learned from my, my experience and what my therapist suggested to me, because I struggle with, uh, it's not the sexual aspect of it. It's the reciprocation of affection that has been really difficult throughout my relationship, just because I have a different idea of what affection is than my partner does. Uh, and I can't, and I, what I was doing was negatively, negatively bringing it up to him in a way that he wasn't hearing me and it would turn into this instant defense, right? Because he thought that I was telling him he was doing something wrong. So what the therapist suggested and I started doing, and you, and, and perhaps you can apply this or some, some pieces of this is figuring out ways to invite what you're looking for without telling them how to do it. So if you feel like you want your genitals touched, maybe touch your own genitals in front of them uh, and not without saying anything and just kind of say like, I love being touched this way and getting creative almost with how you can address the situation without having to go into this. Um, and of course, on attack mode, the way Amy addressed, like bringing it up was really beautiful and eloquent. And I think that it's going to be more difficult to get defensive when it's in such a loving, I feel kind of way. It's just going to be important that you understand that this person, your partner, may not have the same ideas of what touching you, uh, that, that what you want, they're not going to be able to read your mind. So it might be good to, to do some self-exploration in front of them and show them what you like and then invite them to participate with you. Uh, and what I think the most, the biggest takeaway for me was with the therapy session was when I was triggered, uh, when I wasn't getting what I wanted for my partner and I was triggered, what would happen? And I've never really shared this with anyone or let alone with all the people listening right now, because it was really interesting for me. And I realized that I was a huge part of the problem, <laughs> which no one really wants to ever admit. And I don't, I'm not saying this listener is, is, is part of the problem or the whole problem, but there's two people involved. So each person is a participant in some of the cycles that repeat themselves in relationships. And what I would do if I was triggered, instead of trying to address it right then, especially if you're vulnerable and, and naked and, and wanting touch, you're going to probably be triggered when you don't receive that from your partner, when you're not getting what you want. So instead of addressing it, I would just go into my self-care mode and I started journaling every time I was triggered instead of attacking. And then I would take some time journaling. I would just write down all the mean shit that was going on in my mind and like I've, my victim shit would come up and my anger that my, you know, going through my process. And then finally I would reach a point where I, I just felt I like released it. And then I could go back and revisit and talk about it in that way that Amy just brought up. Like, hey, can I talk to you about something? And it has been a huge success thus far uh, in applying that technique. Now, I'm not saying journaling will be your way. I'm just saying, and, and I agree with Amy, when you're going to approach a topic like this, and you're bummed out or you're sad or you're triggered because you're not getting your needs met sexually, walk away from the situation, get a clear head, get concise about what you want to address, and then come back and revisit it in like this neutral environment with the, your partner. And if he still isn't able to give you what you want, I mean, you risk, one thing that you do risk is, is you're never probably going to get every single need met with anyone. It's hard, right? People shift and change. So you're going to have to figure out what's really crucial and the must-haves and voice those things. And then the stuff that isn't maybe possible for your, your partner to do or meet you, you're going to have to either figure out how to fulfill it within yourself, or you're going to have to figure out how to uh, restructure the relationship in a way where you can get your needs met. 
So if, if you're worried about defensiveness too, or that you might not say things in the most loving way, right? Like April said, write it out first. You could read what you wrote too. You can write like, Hey, you know, I want to have that hard conversation with you. And I, I am worried that I'm going to say, them read it. Yeah. 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 I think it'd be more effective. If you read it to them. Like some of you hand someone a letter and they read it, they can still interpret like your tone and the feelings behind it. You can still give your tone in it. And, um, and then, and you can still make sure that you say it in a loving way because you practice writing it and listen to this podcast over and over again to, to get it down. Um, so yeah, but good, good luck to you. And, um, I, I believe if you desire, um, if you desire to be met with a lot of, uh, with a lot of, uh, touch and pleasure, then you deserve it. Right. Because that sounds like that's really important to you. So, um, I hope that you can find a way to get that in this relationship because it sounds like the relationship's important to you as well. Yeah, I agree. Bio time. Okay. It's time for the bio. I'm going to go journal after this episode. Deep breaths, Chip. Deep breaths. All right. This episode was really awesome too. And I'm really excited to share it with everyone. So let's talk about who Marla is. Marla Renee Stewart, MA, is a sexologist and a sex coach who runs her own sexuality education company, Velvet Lips. She is also a co-founder of the Sex Down South Conference and the Sexual Liberation Collective. She has studied human sexuality for more than 19 years and has been featured on a variety of media outlets, as well as spoken to various audiences around the world. She co-wrote her first book, The Ultimate Guide to Seduction and Foreplay, available April 14th, 2020, with Dr. Jessica O'Reilly, and is currently writing a chapter and co-editing an intersectional approach to sex therapy coming in 2021. To learn more, visit velvetlipsllc.com. But first... You all know how particular we are about our sponsors because we want to bring you only the best and we love Manscaped. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for you or your man's family jewels. Please don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. Check out the Lawnmower 3.0 instead. Keep your goods trimmed and oh so smooth and you'll want to stare at yourself in the mirror for hours. If you love the D just as much as we do, then why not keep your goods nice and fresh? Try the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver so your balls won't get sweaty, smelly, or sticky. Just fresh, beautiful balls for you and anyone going down under to enjoy. And Manscaped is giving Shameless Sex listeners 20% off plus free shipping. Just use the code SHAMELESS at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off and free shipping with code SHAMELESS at manscaped.com. Thank you so much, Manscaped, for making our sex lives better. And now back to the show. All right, everyone, it is episode time of the Shameless Sex Podcast, and we are here with Marla Renee Stewart, who recently wrote a book alongside Dr. Jess, who was on our podcast actually, what, a couple weeks ago, maybe? I believe. I think Um, it was, yeah. The Ultimate Guide to Seduction and Foreplay Techniques and Strategies for Mind-Blowing Sex, and I know y'all want this. This is like... This is the the topic. These are the kind of topics that our listeners love. Is <laughs> they're like, yes, please. That's awesome. And it comes in at such a necessary time because people are on lockdown and they want mind blowing sex right now. <laughs> I'm sure they're running out of tricks. Yeah, where's that? How do I get creative? So, Marla, can you start with telling us a little bit about how you got to be where you are today in your journey in human sexuality, and then also to writing this book? Sure, sure. So, how I got to this lucky job that I have, this career path. I was in college and I totally was studying human sexuality. And at the time, my friends were just coming to me for advice around relationships, around sex. They knew that I was having amazing sex and orgasms and they wanted to know how, and I was just ready to feed them that information. So a lot of what I do now is pretty organic, right? I was just I was kind of disappointed in my friends who weren't having orgasms, actually. So I was uh, helping them to make sure that they were getting the orgasms that they needed. And so um, I came here by way of California. So I studied um, psychology. I got my BA in psychology and minored in human sexuality and LGBT studies over at San Francisco State. And then I came over to grad school to Atlanta, where I got my master's in sociology, with emphasis on gender and sexuality. 
And I also studied women's and gender studies and public health and, um, and started my business while I was in graduate school. So, uh, so yeah, now I'm, uh, super excited because, um, in this field, I've been running my business velvet lips for about 10 years now, maybe 11. And, um, I have been doing the Sex Down South Conference. I co-founded the Sex Down South Conference. We're in our sixth year this year. And this was another opportunity. I'm so glad uh, Jess asked me to be a part of this, uh, this series. So she got approached to do the Ultimate Guide to Seduction and Foreplay as part of the Ultimate Guide series. And... We had, of course, talked before, and I had done an interview on her podcast talking about seduction and this sort of nuanced way of looking at seduction. And she loved it, and she just thought, like, I can't have seduction without Marla. So she asked me to help co-write the book. So I was super excited about that. And we put together some really amazing things, and I'm just super proud of this yeah. What, can you talk about Velvet Lips though? Because I don't, I didn't know what that. Yeah. Is about. So Velvet Lips, it's my, it's my sexuality education company. It is uh, where I help people build their sexual confidence, as well as help them with communication, sex skills, and seduction. So those are the things that I specialize in. So I teach workshops. Like I have a webinar tonight. <laughs> I teach workshops and I do sex coaching. Um, for couples and individuals. And I also um, do sex education. And this, so the seduction piece, I'm curious about this. So Jess was like, we can't have seduction without Marla. Marla, what's seduction to you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, for me, seduction is about the act of teasing, the act of pleasing. And when I was reading up on seduction, so I just, you know, of course, being a sexuality scholar, you're constantly reading, constantly going through everything. And what dawned on me is that people get seduced really by the way that they are used to learning, their learning style. So um, I uh, came up with this seduction learning approach as a way to help people understand other people's seduction styles. So for instance, um, it's sort of similar to love languages in a sense, how people are like, I'm acts of service and I'm this or I'm that, right? So this is a either, you know, your audio, your visual or your tactile. And I give out ways to understand or how you need to understand your partner in order to seduce them, right? So it's both a sort of give and take where you are catering to your partner. We all want to please our partners. So you're catering to your partner's needs and in return, hopefully you'll be able to get what you get, what you also desire. Is that something that changes with, with time or obviously over the years, does it ever shift or is it pretty much remain the same, your seduction style? It's pretty consistent over time. Now, some people have um, two styles or a combination of styles, right? So some people can be visual and tactile. Some people can be auditory and tactile or auditory and visual. Um, but most of the time, the ma- there's usually one that's the majority of the time that you can use to seduce. Now, can you seduce all these ways? Yes, but it might not work because I'm not an auditory person. If you say my name, I'm probably just going to be like, I don't really care, right? But if you give me an intense eye contact or you tell me a story and make me visualize something, I get a little bit more, I can get a little bit more turned on. Are you ready for the Unleashed Tour, where shamelessness, sexiness, and laughter collide in a hilarious orgy of fun, discovery, and sex edutainment? Embark on a captivating nationwide journey with the Shameless Sex Podcast and an electrifying ensemble of sex educators and sex-positive entertainers as they bring you an unforgettably titillating live experience. Be a part of mesmerizing, entertaining, boundary-pushing acts, shameless sex style. Ever heard of the Slurpee stick shift? Want to learn how to bury your face in her? How about some dirty talk improv or brat taming 101? Hmm. Get ready for nonstop laughter as our charismatic hosts and entertainers weave humor into the fabric of this liberating celebration of sexual diversity and freedom. 
engage in interactive segments, Q&A sessions, and a chance to connect with like-minded individuals in an inclusive and empowering environment. Listen up, Portland, Chicago, Seattle, we're coming to you. For more information and to get your tickets right now, go to shamelesssex.com and be part of a night that will be fun, educational, sexy, hilarious, and shamelessly unforgettable. Seats are filling up fast, so don't miss out on the most unforgettable show of the year. It's kind of like, see, I'm thinking of like love languages and things, right? Like we figure yeah. out more so along the lines of here's the ways that we're all different. And some of us have more of our primary ways that we communicate and feel or feel seduced or, or we, or that we actually seduce the language that we speak in. And then once we figure that out, then we can kind of combine them to meet our partners where they're at to have more fulfilling sex. Yeah. So for instance, like I have a client and he's having trouble <laughs> talking to women or dating women, right? because he doesn't understand what's happening or what's wrong. And so I was like, tell me the situation, right? So he tells me, he walks into the cafe, he sees this woman reading this book that he likes. He goes up to her, he starts talking to her about the book. She tells him she's in a literary class. Um, He goes on to speak on and on and on, on and on and on, on and on and on, right? And I'm like, oh no, right? I was like, okay, well, clearly you are an auditory person, but she might be an auditory person, right? You asked her a question. She gave you an answer and it was a nice full answer. You probably should have kept asking her questions instead of talking about yourself, Mm -hmm. right? So that's where you went wrong. So it's a really a way for people to understand that, like, even though you're auditory um, and like to talk, somebody who is also auditory is not going to want to hear you. They want to hear themselves speak. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's all it's it just there's all variations of of, of seduction. I, I wanted to share something with you that just came up for me, Marla, because I for a long time in my life didn't date a lot of men that spoke the same language as I did fluently. And so I had to use a lot of these other, and I'm auditory, but I had to use so many other maneuvers to sort of get turned on. And it was a lot of physical interaction. Uh, It would be interesting if there's any research about, about that, because if there's auditory people, how do they get seduced, right? If there's someone that maybe they're hooking up with or in a relationship with that, they can't have these sexy conversations. I don't know. I just thought about that. Yeah. (laughs) So auditory people can get seduced, right? So they get seduced by feedback. A lot of times auditory people will go like, the conversation was fantastic, right? But in reality, it's not necessarily a whole conversation. It's really them talking about themselves and the other person giving them questions about what they've just talked about. So that is what they feel good conversation is, right? Um, uh, auditory people love people who have uh, different words in their vocabulary. So long words, different syllables, um, you know, the tone, music, you know, thinking about moans or breathiness, dirty talk. Like there's several different ways to, to seduce someone who's auditory. But, but like you said, if there's two auditory people, the, that can be, um, it can be uh, conflicting. They do, they do bump heads. <laughs> yeah. They do bump heads. I was like, my ex-husband used to say, I want to kiss every centimeter of your body. And I was like, yeah, I don't know how many inches that is, but I love it because I'm not on the, I'm like, I, I, I don't know, but I really love that. <laughs> I can't really get the visual of that, but, uh, <laughs> so wait, so there, so you're talking about this. So what are the different types here? We're talking about saying auditory, there's visual, kinesthetic, mm-hmm. tactile. Yes, there's uh-huh, there's uh, visual and tactile are the other ones, right? So um, thinking about um, visual, it's really about uh, um, eye contact, right? If you're talking and telling a story, it's making sure the story is vivid, like you're having you're describing a bunch of things uh, or you know whatever the story is. Um, you're also thinking about how you dress. You're thinking about your movement. So you want to be like the opposite of the room. So for instance, if the room is very, very busy, you either want to be standing still or you want to be moving very slowly, mm. right? Whereas um, if you are, uh, if, the, if the room is sitting still, you either want to be late or want to be uh, the person standing up and moving because that's where the attention is going to go. Right. And so 
there's a lots of different things that come to uh, or to think about seduction when it comes to being visual. That's that's so so interesting. The the because okay, I think a lot of folks their brains automatically gender seduction. They think of it as a very like feminine woman, slow, soft, flowy. And, um, and I've actually, I've taught workshops where, and we actually just did a workshop right, right before all of the, and now we're not allowed to do retreats, but right before this all <laughs> happened, um, we did a retreat and there was a, um, the art of the feminine dance workshop that was just about a feminine dance. It wasn't about women or, or women or female. It was more just like slow, soft, but then there was also the art of the masculine dance was just more like, um, had a more of like a linear, um, and a strength to, well, they were, the feminine was strong too, actually. At any rate, <laughs> I love what you're describing because I'm not hearing any undertones of like a gendering of any of this. It's more, this is like a, a language or like a, almost like a blueprint mm-hmm. of some sort. Yeah, <laughs> I think, well, I think because I'm queer and coming from a queer perspective, I have a different way of thinking. And so with that, I really wanted to be purposeful about the way we come at this book and the language that we use. And if we were going to use gendered language that we use masculine and feminine or, um, you know, folks with vulvas and vaginas or folks with penises, because um, we all know that just because you have a penis doesn't necessarily make you a man, right? So I think um, coming from that perspective, we really wanted to make this book gender neutral and have people understand that seduction and foreplay can be for everybody um, and that it's not so um, it's not so gendered or heteronormative uh, like, you know, previous texts or other texts that, Which- you know, you normally see. I think talking about foreplay, because you you brought that up, we've been talking a lot about seduction. And foreplay is something that is wildly important. I mean, it's really part of of a connection with whoever you're partnering with or part, partners. And so I know that you've also mentioned that it's a bit understated. Can you talk about foreplay and, and maybe define that for the listeners as well? Sure, sure. So when we think about foreplay, a lot of times, um, especially for um, heterosexual folks, they tend to think oral sex is foreplay, right? So giving blowjobs or, um, you know, uh, going down on women or whatever is, is foreplay, but it has sex in the title, right? It's oral sex, or it's, you know, whatever it is. So we have to reshape our thinking. And that's why we say it's techniques and strategies for mind-blowing sex, because foreplay is sex, right? Foreplay, if you're talking about oral sex, that is sex. That is not foreplay. So when we think about foreplay, these are the things, these are the seductive techniques, right? These are maybe some breath play or how we touch or the positions that we get in. So I think we really need to understand and be more expansive in the way that we think about what foreplay is when it comes to all bodies and all people. Yeah. Foreplay is something that, and I'll throw like, you know, making out and kissing and light touching and caressing. There's so many things. Foreplay seems like this endless, what you're saying is this endless category of things that it is unique to the individual, what that might mean to them. Um, but that uh, uh, a lot of people are hungry for, you know, folks are, oh, yeah. are, are craving it. You know, folks of all, all genders and all interests are just like wanting more of something, whether it is, you know, if they're an auditory person or a visual person. Um, and I don't, I know a lot of vulva owning folks that are like, you know, really um, kind of screaming for it in, in heterosexual relationships specifically, um, you know, screaming for it, for in, in long-term relationships for, um, more foreplay, more slowness, more time spent on the entire body and not on the genitals, um, and you know, and and or or eventually maybe leading up to genitals, but not always going to the genitals. And so I have heard a lot of people say, I have heard some uh, uh, kind of arguments in the human sexuality sexuality world that we maybe get rid of the word foreplay, or you know, these these things like it shouldn't even necessarily be this this thing, but I think we need to have a word for it to even talk about it. But I, we have had sex questions with people that are saying, how long should foreplay be? You know, what, are, what would you say to those people that were like, what is foreplay? How long should it be? What should I do? 
I think people need to be more creative. So what tends to happen is that we want to have orgasms, right? And so who doesn't want to have an orgasm? So sometimes we rush to get to the orgasm rather than trying to have that buildup. And so if even, so say our lover is not that great at giving us an orgasm. What we can do is what we can build up the foreplay aspect, right? And with with my long-term straight couples, I, you know, they struggle because they're like, you know, I had a woman who was like, I haven't had an orgasm ever in our relationship. We have two kids, they have blah, blah, blah. They've been together, but it's just like you thinking about foreplay, you have to draw it out and you have to do things that are fun, creative, different. You have to take your time and that build up the tease is the thing that's going to help you get to orgasm, right? So really taking your time, really thinking about the body, really thinking about all the erogenous zones that we have. Those are the things I think that are going to help facilitate better sex and better orgasm. Okay, time for a quick break. This podcast is made possible by OMGS.com. OMGS is a research-based online program that teaches you all about how to pleasure the pussy. OMGS studied thousands of vulva owners to find out how they orgasm and then made tasteful and inspiring short videos to show you techniques on how to pleasure yourself or another vulva. I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years and has changed their lives. So for all you vulva owners or vulva lovers out there who may already be having good orgasms and you want to take it to the next level, or perhaps you want to explore more variety in your playtime, OMGS will have something just for you. With two seasons, one all about internal and the other all about external techniques, it's better than any book or DVD money can buy. To learn more, visit omgs.com backslash shameless. Our listeners get $5 off. Check it out. This podcast was also made possible by Uberlube. It's a luxurious silicone lubricant great for all kinds of sex. It's less likely to throw off the pH than most other lubes. And there are hundreds of doctors who recommend Uberlube to their patients, whether they want to make their hot sex even hotter or for folks who are experiencing dryness. You never knew lube could be this good. So whether you're an avid lube lover or you've never used lube before, Uber Lube is right for you. It has no flavor, no scent, and feels absolutely amazing on the body. Uber Lube has endless uses. I use it to tame my hair fizzies, to prevent chafing, and I even put some in my mouth right before an oral sex session, and it totally ups my blowjob game. Oh, and the bottle, it's gorgeous. It's totally discreet and looks more like a beautiful cosmetic product, so you can even leave it on your nightstand shamelessly. To learn why we think it's the best lube on the planet, check out uberlube.com. Use code SHAMELESSSEX and you get 10% off and free shipping. That's uberlube.com. Go check it out. And now back to the show. Kissing's so important and it always gets left off the table. at least it has in in my experiences. And I'm always like, Hey, I like the kissing. That's what I need to get my, my tingles. And sometimes just even taking genitals off the table. I love what Amy said, taking genitals off the table in general. And, and I've talked about this before dry humping with your clothes on. It's like (laughs) so hot. And it's weird to think about doing that when you're an adult, because that's maybe something that you did when you were 12 or 15, but it's still so it's, it's hot. So I, I, I love that. Yeah. So there's one thing I like to talk about, especially with vulvas, is that there are humpers and there's not humpers, right? And it all depends on the position of our vulvas. So um, I talk about this in the book, how we have front-facing vulvas versus back-facing. And the the people who love to dry hump and grind or whatever are front-facing vulvas all the way. (laughs) (laughs) So it's really fascinating to to, to just... um, just think about how we all defer in our sexual activities and what we want. And I think if we just were to sit down and look at our bodies, think about our bodies and, and experiment with our bodies, we'd have more awareness and knowledge about what would, how, how we want our sex lives to be and what, what we, what we want it to look like. And Mm -hmm. our orgasms can be more powerful. What do you think would be like, so some applicable tips right now? Because I know there's all these different categories like auditory and visual, et cetera, but some applicable tips for folks who are, um, you know, 
who are in, in to couple, couples right now or triads or et cetera and singles, um, what would be some things that they could bring home right now to up their uh, seduction or foreplay game? Just like some, I mean, I know you have a whole book on it, so we can't talk about the entire <laughs> book. Just like a couple of little, little tips that they might be able to incorporate at home. So definitely, like I said earlier, you know, making eye contact, all that stuff, the movement in the room for visual people having things in their place, being tidy, right? Um, if you're visual and your place is a mess, most likely the visual person is looking at everything instead of actually looking at you. So um, with tactile people thinking about your clothing, what you're wearing. So a lot of times we wear uh, cotton all the time. So switching up your wardrobe in the sense of the different kinds of material that you wear for people who like to touch using different pressure points um, on your hands and palms, dancing, Mm -hmm. you know, lap dances, uh, you know, those types of things help. But I also say you need to plant a sex seed, right? Because a lot of times we, we talk about emotional seduction, right? We, you think about what is the thing that's going to get me into bed? All right. And so mentally, how do we need to lead up to that? So I tell people you need to plant a sex seed, right? So it could be like, you want to plan sex. Always, we, we talk about scheduling sex, secretly schedule sex, whatever you, the need you need to do, make a plan, basically. Mm-hmm. And if I want to have sex on Saturday, I might... Um, put a blindfold in my lover's car on their way to work, um, you know, maybe that night so that when they drive in the morning, they see the blindfold and like, hey, what's going on here, right? So start getting them into thinking, okay, sex might be happening or what's, what's happening? Like get them in a sexual mode of thinking and, and then water that sex seed, right? So what are the things that you do afterwards, right? If you're into kinky stuff, or you want to try something new, maybe you uh, plant a feather tickler in there the next day, or maybe you uh, send them pictures of some paddles that you wanted to use or have them use on you or whatever, right? So just trying to really cater to their seduction learning style, um, uh, along with um, mentally being able to emotionally seduce them. Mm-hmm. I want to just say, sorry, Amy, we're, the Zoom thing is hard where we have to sometimes interrupt, but I want to say how I, my mind was just blown when you talked about this, keeping the spaces clear when you're, when you're hooking up with a lover, if you were a visual person, that was so interesting. I never thought about that being important. And I am such a person of organization and it brought me back to a time when I was single and hooking up with dudes and being like, nope. I just saw your house. We're going to my house because I am not going to be able to even think about anything that's going on. And I didn't realize that that was part of sort of that, that played into my turn on role at all. I just thought it was, I'm like, I'm kind of an asshole. Like I can't be here right now. Let's go to my house. So that is so cool. And but imagine if this place was nice, right? Imagine if everything was put together. Yeah. Yes. I would have totally got down. I probably would have continued on maybe a few other times after that first time. So, wow, that just blew my mind. Thank you, Marla, for that. Mm-hmm. I like having April's mind blown. Mind blown. <laughs> I Yeah, I, I like that. I, I love learning more about seduction and foreplay and highlighting just like the, the piece about creativity. Um, plant. I like the idea that you said about planting the seed too. And I think that a lot of folks really are just making it this thing that like, it should always just be spontaneous. And a lot of people are kind of fighting the idea about planning, planning things when, so maybe if if planning things ahead of time, isn't sexy to you, like scheduling sex, um, maybe take the planting a seed approach in, you know, instead is more of like, I'm putting in this energy into this thing that doesn't just like always just happen, you know, and especially when we're really busy or if you have kids or all these other things too, it's just, it's, it's more of like, um, kind of maintaining connection and you're feeding or you're fueling the fire. I think that that's really, really important that a lot of folks can get, um, will get a lot out of. Um, and what, so I, I mean, I want to know more about your book, but also I want to know more about your, the Sex Down South Conference. You talked about that very briefly in the beginning. Um, can you tell our listeners more about what that is? Of course. So Sex Down South is a three-day sex and sexuality conference 
It's in Atlanta, um, and it's September 10th to the 12th this year, hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> and um, it is, it's all workshops. So sex and sexuality workshops that, um, that people conduct all around the country, all around the world, really. And they bring them to Sex Down South. So it's a very fulfilling learning and educational experience. And then also we have fun and party and dance and have shows at night. So it's a very like, it's, it's really, it's, it feels like every time we're there, it just feels like a family reunion, right? So it's just a lot of sex positive folks, whether they're enthusiasts, like attendees or educators or academics or kinksters or whatever the case is, they, everybody's just sort of coming together and learning from each other and embracing each other and just really getting full mm. um, and getting motivated to, to keep doing the work, you know, in this sexual liberation movement. So I really that. hope that it still happens. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And, and we're, we're super, we're, we are, we know it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's going to well, happen one way or the other. So it might, it might maybe be it'll virtual? be a yeah. Maybe little robots floating around. Yeah. With people's, uh, I, know, right? you know, I mean, you just sign up in the conference. I don't know. I hope it does happen too. Yeah. It, just, it for sure needs to. Uh, can you tell our listeners how they can find you? Where can they buy your book? Uh, Instagram? Uh, where, where are you, Marla? Yeah, I'm everywhere on social media. Um, you can find me at velvet lips, sex, ed, that's sex without the E. I was, you know, during Sesta Foster time, I was really like, let me just be careful because who knows if my page is going to be taken down. But you can go to velvetlipssexed.com um, as well as find me if you want to get on my pages, one Marla Stewart and um, all of that on social media and medium. And you can find the book at probably at your local feminist bookstore or on Amazon, of course. Um and uh, yeah, everybody should have this book. All the booksellers should have it. So you can find it anywhere and you can pre-order it now. Marla, you were fantastic. And I, I loved, I, my mind was blown and it doesn't happen all the time. And I love that. So thank you for the juicy, wonderful information. And thank you to our listeners out there. We love you. Amy and I adore you. And if you are obviously quarantining, Go get some wine. Maybe that'll help you pass the time. Go to marginswine.com. Sign up for the newsletter. I got a webinar coming up, so maybe after the webinar. <laughs> yeah. After that, go get some wine. After that, yes. And uh, we, we just want to say we're thinking about all of you. We want you to stay healthy and happy and sane. And we're going to keep coming at you with more beautiful podcasts with amazing people like Marla. So... We will see you next Tuesday and then maybe next Friday and maybe Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday again. So until then, ciao for now. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.